Welcome to the Faithful Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Megan Weinkoff, and this is a show for leaders in the trenches. Together, we'll explore the stories of those who have faced the fires of hell and emerged with the spirit unbroken, fighting to stay joyful and grateful. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting your journey, the Faithful Leader Show inspires, guides, and reminds you that you're never alone. Together, let's forge a path to compassionate and courageous faithful leadership. You all are in for a treat today. We have Donna Branch with us. I'm so excited to have you. And I want you to share with everyone a little bit about your journey in leadership. What makes you a faithful leader? I know you're a faithful leader. I just want you to share with all of our people out there um, some of your experience and wisdom. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. Well, I started my HR journey, um, my career in human resources 30 years ago. Uh, I quickly moved into a management role and have been in leadership for most of that 30 years. I think the most pivotal pivotal moment and the change in how I led was about 10 years ago. And it really started and I became a much more effective leader when I started owning my own part and um, seeking inner healing and just recognizing how I was responding to stress myself. And coming up with a solution, and that solution was, you know, just going through a journey with the Lord on inner healing and past woundings and unforgiveness that was in my heart because I could not help influence other leaders and the way that we wanted to develop and build them up if I was still struggling myself. So it really took some self-reflection on my part, and that's what I do as a leader when I see that they're struggling with that themselves, with their teams. I, I love that. And I know that you say those words, but I just want everyone to know that I've seen you live it out. And I've seen you go through so many, you know, challenges. And I would love you for you to share about one of those challenges that maybe seemed insurmountable at the time and how you maintained joy and gratitude during that period? I think the most significant one, especially in my current career, I've been with my current employer for 17 years. It's an amazing organization, provides a lot of resources, support, and training for our employees and our leadership team. Um, But personally, I was going through a lot of things with um, family health, you know, a family member that was going through a lot of mental health challenges. And I also had a new leader and the new leader was um, oftentimes unavailable and it was causing some frustration in the department. Some negativity started happening. Every department and every leader deals with this from time to time. And that's something that I'm addressing with our leaders currently. Um, That fear of transition and fear of unknown causes people to start feeling vulnerable. And I found myself starting to feel like that. And it started impacting how I was responding to teammates. And it did seem insurmountable. We ended up losing four people on our team because they just could not get to a place of accepting the new leadership style and what was going on in the team. And I really had to step back myself and figure out how I was going to make that relationship work. And I could not make that relationship work until I got 
you know, on my face, basically. I really had to get with the Lord and figure out what was triggering me. And eventually when I was able to approach that relationship with sincerity and forgiveness, and I think that's really hard sometimes for people in the corporate world, especially to realize that there's something in them that needs to happen. We start with us. No one can do my part for me. And so it seemed like a situation that was not going to get better. I started looking for other job opportunities, started interviewing. And um, it really just took Holy Spirit guiding me through that relationship and giving me the words and walking through forgiveness and working on myself and it was amazing how quickly it turned around. People are so forgiving and you can establish trust with that person that maybe doesn't sometimes seem trustworthy themselves. If you go into it with sincerity and a posture of being a servant and a helper and a partner to that person instead of an adversary. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Whenever you were you were talking, the word fear, of course, you know, st- stood out. And if there are um, people listening, I mean, of course, I always learn from you as well. Uh, are Were there red flags that you now could see or maybe point out or leaders can become aware of that they're going down this path of, of fear? Um, and how would you how would you describe that? And in, instead of getting them into like a pathway of, of joy and gratitude, you know, because it seems like we can go down either either path and we have that choice sometimes if we're self-aware enough. Yeah, I think that most of us from time to time when we're dealing with this fear or the unknown, you know, change that's that's difficult in the workplace or even in our home lives. It starts impacting our relationships almost always. And I'm somebody who tends to get along very easily with people. But I recognize that there were two employees. Now, did I get along with 99% of them? I did. And I was able to maintain those relationships. But there were two employees in the organization that there was obvious tension. And I knew that it was in part because I didn't have trust. I was walking a little bit of judgment against them because of how they were dealing with things and through the challenges that they were dealing with. And I really had to make that right. And I try to encourage leaders to really take a posture of and willingness to admit when they didn't approach a situation in the best way. Mm-hmm. And that vulnerability to the people that you're dealing with, whether it's somebody that reports to you or a peer is huge. And so I had to take that step with two two employees in the organization and had a one-on-one private conversation with them. And I just wanted them to know that my job is to make your job easier. Mm-hmm. We're both leaders. My job is not to make your job more difficult. And, you know, I want to reset. I want to move forward. And the two of them ended up being some of the closest colleagues that I had Mm. after that conversation. And I I still have connections. Neither one of them were the organization again, but I still have connections with them outside of work. That's so beautiful. And, and as a follow-up to that, would you mind sharing your program that you've been working on for years now? 
and how you are helping others like cultivate resilience and gratitude and joy and you know navigating our very you know volatile and an uncertain world and people are dealing with a lot and I I have seen you help so many people so I'd love for you to share about your new your new program. Absolutely. So 10 years ago in October of 2013 was about the time that I was dealing with that situation that seemed like I couldn't get out of it, like our whole team couldn't get out of it. And so I really just started asking the Lord, what can I do to have more influence? You know, um, so many single moms are struggling in the workplace and they're not able to keep their jobs because they don't know how to deal with all of those past woundings, hurts and traumas. And they do their best to get better with their work relationships and be more respectful, to be more reliable. You know, absenteeism starts hitting and starts affecting their, you know, ability to stay employed, basically. And it was really hard to see all of these, especially the majority of our employees are single moms. And to see them not have resources available to them like I had to me to get my inner healing so they could get out of that cycle of reacting to stress instead of responding to it appropriately. And when they react inappropriately, then it impacts their ability to stay employed. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just asked the Lord what I could do to impact more people. And I got this vision for an organization called three to the third. Um, The name came from God because that's not the name that I started with. And for the last 10 years, I have been, connecting to ministries and churches in Tulsa and around Tulsa to create a like a database of resources that employees and leaders could go to to support their employees. Things like the Sozo prayer team that we have at Believers, things like CR that's in many different churches things that I've used myself to make myself stronger and to get myself out of that bondage of, you know, responding inappropriately when stress in life happens. And I just wanted that opportunity for other people, especially in the workplace, for people who aren't in a community like we are. I recognize that I have a lot of communities that support me and support my Um, emotional health and encourage me and provide resources to me. You and I have those resources at the church that we go to, but a lot of these people in the workplaces don't have access to that. And my heart and goal with three to the third is to connect employees, help their leaders, help their employees and connect them to resources to help employees that are dealing with social, emotional and economic challenges in their lives. There's so many things out there that are free and available to them if we can just um, guide them and lead them and come alongside them. Most importantly, come alongside them, maybe go to that first CR meeting with them. And I've had the opportunity over the last 10 years to um, work side by side with employees and leaders and give them some options, sometimes with our employee assistance program and sometimes with some of the resources, like I mentioned, at various churches. It's so amazing. And would do you mind sharing uh, just a little bit about Sozo for that? Because I'm also on the Sozo team at Believers with you, and you trained me, and it's been life transforming. Uh, I know for me, for others, and so some someone might be wondering about it, and we can even drop a link to it in the show notes. 
Absolutely. So Sozo means saved, healed, and delivered. And it's a prayer session. It's based on um, forgiveness and identifying any lies that we might believe about ourselves or the Lord and replacing those with the truths that Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us during that time that we're praying. And it's a two-hour session. There's um, two people. One person's guiding the individual in prayer, and the other person is taking notes. And what's wonderful about it is the note taker is writing down all of those truths that the person gets during the prayer session. And so they can really use those truths and learn to speak those over themselves and train themselves when they get into a situation that they notice they're not responding well or they're harboring resentment or they're dealing in fear again, that they can go back to those notes and just um, really focus on the truths that the Lord's given them. It is forgiveness-based. So the questions that through different tools that we use, whether it's the door of fear or the father ladder, the questions are always revolved about around who needs to be forgiven? What experience did I have? either as a child or an adult or even recently that has caused me to have unforgiveness or to be, believe lies. And sometimes, oftentimes those lies are very similar for all of us. The lie may be, I'm not worthy. Um, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not equipped to do this. And the Lord is very quick. Holy Spirit is very quick to help us replace those lies when we ask, you know, what are the truths you want me to know, Lord? And the truths are, you know, you're worthy. You're good enough. Um, you are chosen. I, I will equip you. I, will, I am there for you. I was there for you in those experiences that were hard. And it's, it's amazing. You know, just the other day, I use these tools regularly. If I get stuck or I feel frustrated and I notice that that's building up with somebody, sometimes I don't even know who it is. And I'll just ask the Lord, Lord, who do I need to forgive? And, you know, I'm married. We've been married for 35 years. We spend the most time with each other. So oftentimes it happens to be my husband. <laughs> and so the Lord would just walk me through that forgiveness and, and help me identify those lies and replace them with the truths and that tension and that frustration um, and even annoyance that we sometimes feel with those that we're closest to just goes away immediately. And so it's just such an effective way to get unstuck and not to waste time and and um, fear or frustration. Yeah, it's so practical. And I would also love for you to share about um, what CR is with Celebrate Recovery, because I know, uh, I mean, I, I really truly believe I, everyone can go to CR for something. And we've seen, you know, scandal after scandal in leadership. And what we really want are people who are listening to this show to finish their race well, whatever that is, you know, to get... Um, to 80 years old, 90, 100, God willing, and still be so joyful, you know, with the love of Christ and to not be weighed down by all the things of this world. And so I would love for you to share share about that and any other practical ways that you um, run your race well, because I know that you do. Thank you. Yes. So CR stands for Celebrating Recovery. Celebrating Recovery has locations at various churches all over the United States and several here in the Tulsa area. They have a 12-step program that you can go with the same group uh, over a 12-month period. And it's very much like um, an Al-Anon or AA, but it's Christ-focused. So, and, you know, they're 
all of the steps are, are biblically, biblically focused. And, you know, there's, there's prayers and we're allowing Holy Spirit to guide us and um, just, you know, lead us in what we need to know. I mean, there's a study and there's open sharing and it just gives you the opportunity to walk through those past woundings with a trusted group of people that you stay with for those 12 months. But there's also weekly CR groups where people can come and go. And lots of churches have different meetings, different days of the week. And so there's opportunity for you to go just about any day of the week at, at churches here in Tulsa. And that's usually starts with a dinner. They end with dessert after the sessions, but they have a big group session. People share their testimonies of healing, where they were and where they are now after going through CR. And they also have breakout sessions in those weekly meetings as well. And it's just super powerful. I started my inner healing journey with a Sozo prayer session. I joined the Sozo team. I've been on it for several years now. And because I'm helping walk people through that prayer session, I'm constantly reminded to use those tools myself. Um, but even though I'm doing this on a regular basis and I'm on the team, it's very easy for me to sometimes get stuck and not admit that I need to go to that. So really, it's my daily, it's it's my morning time, and which is so important to me. For me personally, I need to spend time outdoors in the mornings, oftentimes in the dark, and um, just reflect on what's going on in my day. I need to be praying for those leaders that I'm going to be working with, those employees that um, don't oftentimes respond well to HR conversations and really go in with a heart of wanting to serve and come alongside them and for them to see Christ's love through me. So I cannot, I cannot go into work with the frustrations that this person isn't going to respond well. They're not going to respond appropriately because they don't know how, you know, they have that brokenness. They have that past hurt. They need the resources that I have had the benefit of having in my life. And that so many of us in the church have the opportunity to take advantage of um, but those in our workplaces don't. And even some churches don't have the resources that we have available to us. And so it's really important for me to start my morning off. Um, and I start my morning with Meg and another friend. We send each other scripture. We send each other um, devotionals. We wake up. The first thing that we do is we're texting each other. And although that seems very simple, so many women and definitely Men don't do that. They don't start their day that way. And it has made all the difference for me to just have that friend group and other women that are dealing, women in leadership especially, that are dealing with, you know, the same struggles everyone else deals with. But we know where our strength comes from. And we remind each other of that every morning. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've been doing it for years now. And what I love is all three of us are in like different, I'm in my thirties, Lisa's in her forties, you're, you're fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's okay uh, yeah. for me to see. I'm saying, that's, I'm sorry. That's very sweet. I'm, I'm 60 now. Oh, you're not 60. <laughs> I am. We have those three generations. I don't think that was by um, coincidence. I apologize. For... <laughs> that's okay. 
<laughs> oh man. Well, but I also what I also love too is that you're really changing, like transforming the workplace when it comes from comes from a place of, okay, maybe a, an employee is quote unquote mis, misbehaving um, in the eyes of a leader, of understanding the why behind that um, behavior and really helping equip them so they can equip their people and um, dive a little bit deeper. I didn't know if you wanted to share anything about that because that is transformative instead of just saying, okay, well, you know, they messed up, they're gone and really uh, investing a little bit more into them in that process, understanding that they don't have the tools in their toolbox, so to speak. Like you, I know you use that phrase a lot. I, I do. And we found out after the pandemic, especially that we we're going to have to start dealing with these situations a little bit more different. I had to come, I had to become creative because we had so many new conflict issues that we were dealing with because of stress. People started dealing with their stress differently. The cost of living, you know, a lot of people are in single parent households and it costs them a lot to drive to work. And so their behaviors and their relationships with peers was really impacted because they weren't handling the stress well. And that's continued to increase and escalate significantly since 2020. And so I had to come up with a way to address these growing issues in a group setting because it no longer made sense for my team and I to handle them one-on-one. And so I piloted a group Last November, and I just, um, for last month, piloted a group of leaders, and we meet weekly to help them figure out ways to equip their teams to have positive conflict resolution and figure out what's triggering them and figure out how to work with each other and appreciate each other in a sincere way, and especially those differences that oftentimes cause conflict. And so um, those toolkits that you talked about, we're providing a leader toolkit. Um, It sounds silly, but it's visuals are important for people sometimes. So we're literally giving them a toolkit that they can carry and keep on their desk. And it has real quick resources that they have available, like the cycle of change. Um, We're giving them verbiage to use for difficult conversations. And we'll also provide our teacher teams that decide to commit to um, following some of the guidance that we're giving them. We're giving them little teacher toolkits. And really, oftentimes, they just don't know how to have those conversations. And so we're literally giving them conversation starters. It seems so simple, and it really is. And um, when we piloted a group of six teachers last fall, it, it took one or two awkward meetings before they started seeing their relationships restored and started noticing more trust and um, just a more positive work environment. And these were people that had really fractured work relationships to the point that they were avoiding each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that does ha- happen, to, you know, in, in every organization, whether it's mm-hmm. corporate, nonprofit, yeah. government, <laughs> uh, ministry, yeah. you know, all across the board. Well, mm-hmm. this has been so good today. Like if there was one call to action that you would want, you know, listeners to take, what would, what would it be? I think going in with an attitude of how you're going to influence and show Christ's love in every encounter 
and start with that attitude every morning. And that starts with the elevator right up and ends in the car drive home. And just really focusing on that throughout the day. It's real easy for us to get busy on the workday and forget that in the middle of challenges. And so going in to influence and serve others, I think, is the best way to be a leader that people will trust and they'll want to seek. Hmm. Yeah, and are there any like practical ways that you would um, suggest that they, they do that as constant reminders? I know you've shared a few, but any anything else that you would that you do or that you would suggest doing? So surprisingly, the thing that we have done differently as a team, and we're always very responsive, and we have partnered with our leaders for a long time now, me for 17 years, and the rest of my team for a few years, we started being very intentional about having that um, uninterrupted time with them. So we scheduled seven weeks with these leaders, and um, we're inviting them to stay, and they're wanting to stay. And it's starting to establish a level of trust that we didn't have that wasn't as noticeable before. And it's, it's been powerful. And, you know, typically you want to do that one-on-one, but this group setting has, has fostered that. And it's really made a powerful change in how they're viewing HR and our team and how they're allowing us to support them. I love that. So thank you so much for being on the show. How can people connect with you? They can email three to the third at cox.net, all spelled out. Okay. And um, and then I can just reply that way. Okay. Well, I will link that in the show notes. And we are so thankful for you. Thank, thank you for the work that you're doing, you know, uh, on the inside of your organization. And that's transforming so many lives. Thank you. Bye. Bye.